Welcome to the Elder Scrolls Legends podcast, your source for the thoughts and views of the top players and content creators. Here is your host, Jim Class Hero. And hello everyone, this is Jim Class Hero, uh, and this is the Elder Scrolls Legends podcast, episode 17. Today, uh, thank you all for coming out, really glad to be doing this for all of you. Really glad we got to 17 episodes somehow. You like listening to me ramble. <laughs> but we all know the real reason you're here are for my guests. So, first guest I'm going to introduce is a guy that you already know. His name is CVH. Uh, the stream this game for a long time. How's it going, everybody? <laughs> sorry, I paused. I was reading chat. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> He's been this game for a hell of a long time. He was in the closed beta, I believe. He's... At the very end of closed beta, yeah. You, you want it for... beta yeah. key? Yeah, you want a beta key. Yeah. From okay. Upset. It was right when the NDA was lifted, and it was like the first day you could stream it, and I didn't have a key yet, so I had to win it in a random stream chat with a raffle. Awesome. Oh, that's nice. Not very that's... lucky. Yeah. <laughs> All right. And our next guest is a guy I've met through streaming. I uh, checked out his stream. Uh, he was playing a lot of Spellsword, which is a class I really like. So, <laughs> so I decided I'd like host him one day, and he's been doing well. Uh, Atronach, Atronach. How's it going, Atronach? Hello, Atronoc? guys. <laughs> Hello, guys. Like okay, so let's go ahead and get into it. Today's, let me tell you about the topic. So today's topic of the podcast, we're going to talk about a brief look at the attributes that we all play, as well as the uh, the classes, what the identities of the classes are, do we feel that they are living up to the identities that they're meant to have, what can be used to improve these identities, and, um, you know, or what's lacking. So, did boost my microphone up, so let me know if that adjusted anything. But alright, let us begin. I guess the first color is the one we all see first, red. AKA, it actually stands for strength. No one actually says strength, but it, yes. does, it is actually strength. I say strength. I totally say strength. Alright, CV is just the one tryhard. He says strength. Nah, but seriously. Uh, so, strength is. The hold on, people are saying I'm still. Am I still muffled? Let me see before I go on my long round. Okay. Um, I'm getting okay. Oh, All right, so I can hear you fine on the Discord. Yeah, Discord's crazy. Like it's different. In fact, my mic probably doesn't sound as good on Discord as it sounds to them because all my filters mm. go through ops. It's always kind of neat. But anyway. Mm. Kicking it off. Strength is interesting, because when you compare red to other card games, I know I, I was a bit confused when I first started, because typically the red class is, I mean, strength is aggressive, no doubt. So with cards like a radar, firebrand, and tons of charges, and a bit of direct damage, it looks like the aggressive bit. But strength is a little different, right, from like magic or, well, Duelist, yeah, Duelist did have his red class, but that was a completely different game. But <laughs> from other card games I've played, uh, it's more tempo-oriented with some of the cards. Uh, it's still very aggressive, but then you have cards like Cast Out, 
And Belligerent Giant, which in most card games, those effects that shoot cards back into your hand, actually, you usually find those in like a blue deck. You know, typically, I know in Magic and other card games of the like, typically the effect that that reserved for blue, I found that very interesting. And disruption effects, such as the 3-4 that stops your spells at... I want to call him Mage Killer, because that's what he does to control Mage, but he does not... Withered Hand Cultist being it. So it's very interesting to see that kind of that bit of disruption. So I think Red's very tempo-oriented, and yet still very aggressive, but still very similar to Define. I'm going to now swing it over to CVH. Your thoughts on Red? Pretty much the same. It's definitely, like, if you had to pick one of the five classes, or one of the five attributes, rather, it's probably Strength that's the most aggressive. And, like, it has some disruption, like uh, Cast Out, Burn and Pillage, I guess, but all those are, I mean, if you look at them, they're basically just aggressive options anyway. Because, you know, the decks that want to bounce something as opposed to killing something outright, like Piercing Javelin, are pretty much the more aggressive decks. And cards like Burn and Pillage, you know, they benefit the more aggressive decks. So, I think they've done a pretty good job of making it the most aggressive one. Oh, I concur fully. Definitely flat out, it's aggressive, yet tempo-oriented, which is really nice. It gives a good identity. And your thoughts, Atro? Um, I mean, after two people, there's not much to add, really. Like, yeah, red is the most aggressive class, but, like, um, if I may add something, I think it's interesting how, like, they also have, as the aggressive class, they also have cards like Alit. I think Alit adds a lot of depth into the game because it damages himself. So, like how like it prevents people from setting the opponent to twenty six because you're you're worried about the Alits and stuff like that. So I think not just like the purely aggressive cards, but stuff like cards that hurt yourself, like Alit. And there's another one I think in the three drop. Yeah, the other. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think like. It makes the color interesting as a whole. Like, it's not just go face, charge, aggro. There's a lot of interesting mechanics in there. Absolutely. I do like the self-damage effects. I think that's a cool thing, especially because they interact with the Rune and Prophecy system. Um, So it's, you know, when you see something like Battle Mage, and if you get a little too eager to hit him to 26 or 27, they now, like you said, run that a lit, and now you're just... You get Triple Fate Weavered into, like... <laughs> that dragon. We're so, not all you, Jim. Some of us are lucky. <laughs> I'm glad to see some the luck is somewhere. Alright. So let's move on. Intelligence. The blue color. Now yeah, it's 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 a blue. <laughs> you know, like when I look at intelligence, it yeah. does what blue does. Direct damage, fancy effects, bit of flash in there with cards like Har- Harpy. Like some of the most powerful cards are blue. Harpy, Wordcrafter, Daggerfall, <laughs> you know, pretty solid cards. It has the like copy effects with uh, Brilliant Experiments and Dark Rebirth, fulfilling two kind of styles. Um, I think blues all around. Also, although interesting enough, all the items, well, the item synergy cards, I should say, go in blue as well. Which I guess, when looking at the games, the arcane enchantment, all that was something for intelligence. So blue seems like. Very similar to other games, if you came here from the game, you played a blue kind of deck, you know, you probably get the, you know, you get the gist of it. I think blue's very versatile, too. You know, I guess a clever wizard as an intelligence. But, 
Yeah, I think blue is, in my opinion, still arguably the best color. But I will test that to Etronach. Okay. Um, well, personally, I don't have an opinion on what's the best color, so I'll put that on hold for now. But uh, um, one thing I did want to say about blue is I feel like blue has some some of the best cards in the game, like Daggerfall Mage, Lightning Bolt, and others. The, it, the, compared to how powerful that it's considered, it's like you can't make a mono blue deck. Like normally, even if you run ally, you don't really have the proc rate over seventy. So what I'm trying to say is like you can't, like you, it can't be blue can't by itself become like the core of your deck because just like I think the number of like good creatures, like good bodies that you just need to curve out on are kind of lacking. Yeah, sure. I mean, yeah. they have all their five cost cards kind of suck in blue. Like... So it's like a Swiss Army life. Like, like I think it's it's like the co color that you want to combo with. Like, that has good synergy. Like, it just adds a few of those really good core tech cards like Lightning Bolt, Daggerfall Mage, and Firebolts to other colors that will make the core game plan with, like, creature curves. That's how I feel, blue, like what it does. I agree. I mean, yeah. blue is obviously the, it's obviously the best color. So I mean, even if you don't want to say, <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Christian. Thank you. Yes. What? No. It wasn't if even it was the worst color, I'd probably say it was the best because I love blue. I never played Magic, but I did play Magic Light two times. I played like Magic Light in Duel Masters, and then they came out with Magic even lighter in Kaijudo. <laughs> and I played them both, and <laughs> blue is my favorite color forever. Oh, they, had, they had some yellow. Games, those games. Yellow is where it's at. <laughs> okay. well, it's like a solid bird on my list, but yeah, whatever. <laughs> blue, I uh, thank you for being honest, CVH. I'm tired of this neutral guy over here talking about some blue. It's okay. No, no, it's it's the best by far. <laughs> it's like, I have a question. Like, were what, were what, all the blue what? curve decks, they had to stop them because they were everywhere. I have a question for CVH, if I may. Oh, yeah, by all means. Oh, yeah, like, like, I saw your video on YouTube. Like, I've been watching your YouTube for a long time, but like, you said Lightning Bolt is one of your favorite cards. But other than that, like, what makes blue your favorite color overall? What about it is so attractive? Well, the first, the first thing that drew to me, drew me to blue when I first started playing card games was literally just me liking the color blue and me saying to myself, "Oh, I hope these cards are good." But that was like a decade ago. And I don't know, I just, like, Jim, uh, he sort of touched on the versatility of the color, and, like, it just always feels like sort of a Swiss Army knife, like he said. It has it has removal, like, some of the most efficient removal in the game, uh, maybe with, like, yellow being up there as well, but, like, the removal in blue can often function as damage as well as removal, as well as burn, and, like, you just do all kinds of different things. Uh, there's one thing I don't like about blue, though, in that, uh, like, despite its versatility, despite it being a solid control color and a solid aggressive color, uh, it does feel like they've adapted it to sort of fit what Mage does in Hearthstone. Like, I know they're not really comparable. That's one thing I love about this game, is that it has five colors that you can yeah. mix and match instead of the classes. But the one thing that everyone, besides, obviously, again, Mage and Hearthstone is known for removal, burn, you know, versatility. But, you know, it also is known for random effects, and they've given Blue, like, by far, like, the most, and also some of the highest impact, you know. Royal Sage, Merrick... 
like the other, I thought you, I heard you typing random just now, like reviewing the unseen, like all that <laughs> stuff, Jazargo and Echo. They keep doing it, and I'm not a, not a huge fan of it. But so I hope they don't make me hate Blue because I love Blue. I don't actually know if Blue is like far and away the best. I just will always say it is because I love it. But they definitely need to nerf Diva Dreams. I think that was a real thing. That card was really pushed. They can't give it everything because right yeah. now the only like all blue deck or almost all blue deck is the item decks, and yeah. they have consistency problems, which keeps them balanced. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean the whole jack of all trades, master of none thing really fits blue, but yeah, I like it. But moving on to our next color, actually blue's intelligence. By the way, we're going to yell, aka. See, we like I was supposed to say the name was the classes and colors, but I went to colors. Natural habit. But let's go to willpower, aka. Lion. <laughs> it's the thunder cat symbol. Actually, if you look at it. Oh, <laughs> it's the Thundercats. Thundercats. Oh, all right. Willpower is interesting. It's, when I first started playing it, it was it's similar to white and magic healing effects and tokens, you know, like in magic-ish games. Um, so you get a lot of good solid healing and hard removal. So yellow is definitely one of my favorite colors as it's pretty awesome. I just love that. I just like instantly removing things. Like, I play a lot of mage. Which is just blue and yellow, wouldn't you know it? Intelligent willpower. The intelligence seems to be a very interesting spot with the healing effects, the token effects, and it's light on it now, but mill effects seem to be... I mean, we only have like two mill-ish cards, right? Them being Black Dragon and then Thieves Guild Shadowfoot. But it's nice to know that yellow seems to be the color they dedicated to messing with your opponent's deck if they want to continue in that design space. So it seems to me typically strength in numbers and solid healing options and hard removal are meant to uh, make yellow. So I'll toss this one over to CVH. Your thoughts on the color yellow? Well, willpower. Yeah, they've done the messing with the opponent stuff like a good bit in Skyrim with uh, not only the yellow cards, but also the FIFA Dreams and the Rift and Pickpocket. So it's going to be interesting to see like how much of that there is. And which one? Barter. Oh, yeah, Barter, too. Yeah. A forgotten Barter. Yeah. <laughs> it's terrifying. You know? Barter Monk, best deck. Oh, I actually did win a game with Barter in a tournament, though. Oh. Sorry, opponent. I, I I got barter off College of Winterhold and stole a Zoda thing, and then he conceded. Oh, <laughs> feels good, man. Yeah, it was bad. <laughs> yeah, too bad that one wasn't casted. With the random effect. But like, yeah, yellow is. I, I again, I didn't even play Magic, but it's pretty clearly, uh, you know, same as Magic's white, I guess. Just all the tokens. Uh, and a lot of good control tools too. I think it might be like some one of the most polarizing colors. Like I think almost every color in this game, with maybe the exception of endurance, has like aggro capabilities as well as control capabilities, and like middle of the road as well can fit in other decks. But uh, yellows is like very polarizing. It's like strictly like very aggressive or very very slow. You know, I see a lot of mid range mage, but you know, there's like super aggressive aggro and aggro crusader and token decks. And then it's like part of the like the craziest late game with like control mage and control spell sword with manticores and stuff. I like it. Yeah, I like yeah. it identity. It's it's definitely a it reminds me of white from Magic Gathering exactly. Uh so let me shoot it over to let me not ramble, shoot it over to Atronach. Yep. I'm gonna have to say that um yellow is my favorite color out of all the colors in the game. And 
don't know. Like, yeah, it, it has the tokens and it has the really good control capabilities. And, well, from playing Control Spell Sword, I can tell you for a fact that it has, it has the most removal out of any class. <laughs> removal curve, for sure. Yeah. You can make a removal curve. Do your opponents love playing against that? <laughs> no, my opponents don't like playing against it. <laughs> Very fun interactive. I just think yellow has a lot of different controlling paths, though. It's not just control. Like, you have the... You have most of the support package, all of it in yellow, and like people, a lot of people talk about Manticora as being one of the staples. But I also want to mention how, like Javelin, there's no other card really like it in the game, and the other one that comes close, Edict to Edict of Azura, is also a yellow card. I have a question. Okay. Since you guys played Magic and I didn't, was there a card in Magic that did what a uh... What piercing javelin did in yellow because in dual masters and kaijudo they put that in in black in purple hmm. that appears like, like that's just a just a spell that kills a dude i actually haven't played magic oh i figured you both did gym class you're our last that, hope that effects typically in black the hard removal effect like kill a creature is typically in black in magic let's see i mean i didn't play too much magic i did when i was younger unfortunately when i moved no one played Magic, so I had to switch over to Yu-Gi-Oh. Yeah. Downgrade. <laughs> feels bad, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it feels like a black or purple thing, so I mean, yeah. it's a good thing they gave that to Yellow, because then you'd probably have to play Spell Sword for control. Imagine, imagine Scout. Scout with Javelin. Let's not, let's not. <laughs> they thought ahead, though, they like, this is going to be the ramp. Scouts with prophecies? What world are we living in? <laughs> Prophecy Javelin on Scout with, oh my, just when you thought it couldn't get worse. It did. <laughs> it did. Alright. Oh, goodness. <laughs> but yeah, yellow uh, willpower is interesting. I definitely like it. Definitely yeah. flavorful. And then we move on to the color of the Filthy Khajiits, Agility. <laughs> now, Agility is an interesting color to me because it had, I, when I first started playing, I played a lot of Action Assassin, various kind of forms. Because the agility cards are pretty sweet before some of the hard nerfs. Um, you know, with yeah. all the lethal lethal effects are pretty cool. Uh, the shift, I love the lane shifting effects. I love lane shifting. Like, it's probably one of my favorite effects in this game. When I first got into it, I liked the fact that the sneaky little, like, you know, I can move. And, you know, the movement package with Doomstalker and Doom Smuggler was great. I tossed them both in at times, and... It, Pre-nerf Doom Smuggler and Doom's stock were amazing. <laughs> they were... You, you could actually... For people who don't know, before... Now you have to move a creature in your lane. Before, you could put the Smuggler in any lane and then move either, any creature you wanted to whatever lane. Yeah. So Those were probably the nerfs that... like I've never seen anyone as upset about nerfs as they were about those two cards getting nerfed. People complained about that for months. Really? They just Yeah, the, the fact that those cats were nerfed. Because they weren't even that good. Like They were really good, but... It wasn't like Pill for Monk. Like, everyone who wanted Pill for Monk to be good just knew that at that moment, it was trash. <laughs> there was no more of a team again. Exactly. It was a shame, because, like, no one... It was one of those cards you never heard a complaint about. <laughs> that was the thing. Yeah. And the justification was... Um, I think they said, when it feels bad when your opponent plays a guard and you move out the way. That's the point. <laughs> I was trying to avoid the guard. 
That's no, but I think it opened up good design space because my movement monk right now, I think it would like crush everything if like the move was pre-nerf. Yeah. So, yeah. I don't think they were pre-nerf long enough for us to really appreciate how insane they were. Like yeah. I even saw, I don't know, this was like like a year ago, literally, but even Kalento was playing, uh... yeah, that's right. He played this game and he wasn't always paid to either. Dune Stalker, he was playing Dune Stalker in Ramp Scout. But it was like just the power of like a prophecy that you could place in whatever lane to trade and also move anything anywhere. Like you could you could literally just escape a lane. You could just okay, well I don't want to be in that lane anymore, so I can literally just completely remove myself from it. And at least they have like a downside now. And it's they're still so good for moving good a specific has... thing. Yeah. It's not just good for aggro. Like even in a control matchup, just being able to switch lanes. Like Manticore was strong because you could counter both lanes and stuff like that, but mm -hmm. just yeah. Yeah. Before I started playing, oh yeah, before I started playing, they told me the tales of pre-nerf Manticora. That must have been a dream <laughs> to play your. Wait, when did you start playing? I started. Yeah, I started uh, playing in what was it? November, maybe. Oh wow! I started playing in June. <laughs> wow! If you, you guys if you look the good old days, June videos like when you. <laughs> Like CVH, your the videos you released around <laughs> June, you'll see like comics made by me. <laughs> <laughs> that like, were like, like I, I wrote like, oh, hey CVH, I started the game. It's been two weeks, and I hit legend thanks to your videos. And like you replied, <laughs> hey, congrats, man. <laughs> After yeah. this, we're gonna read those comments out. No, <laughs> I'm gonna call the man out like that. I mean, I'm old and jaded at this point. I remember when Green was like. Green was actually better than blue, guys. <laughs> Feels bad. Eight mana Tascad. I'm talking about like five mana Solarest Marshal. It does the same thing it does now. Yeah, oh, yeah I heard God. about that. Oh, and like three, three, oh, three, three House Kinsman, four, three Werebat, two, two, oh, yeah. two Magicka, Murkwater Savage. What? Yeah, it costs two. Murk Murkwater Savage, it gets plus one, plus one every time you play a green dude. Yeah. You know, like, yeah, you ring that out, turn one, turn two, here comes a 3-3 three, three Kinsman, turn three is like a 4-3 Werebat. You, you have a 2 a 2-2 two, two that gets 1-1 one, one every time. Wow. Oh, Crystal Towercrafter was a 2-2 two, two as well. Oh. You can, like, turn, turn one Crystal Towercrafter, Lesser Ward, then you have a turn yeah. one, 3-3 three, three with Ward. It's unbeatable. Can't beat that. I heard that Harpy also had 2 health, and the 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 three match is support in blue right now what is it called dark uh, rift, dark rift yeah. dark was rift. two so like the the aggressive blue was also really strong yeah action assassin never forget it was a beautiful deck and mid range sorcerer that ran the dark rifts was always was a thing <laughs> like yeah dark rift was like the card no one played and then people were like oh this seems kind of okay we should play it in some things and then they were like wait a minute we should play this in everything <laughs> It does damage, and then it gives me a huge creature. Awesome. Alright, so we got agility, the quick moving around. I think we talked about the move, but the drain effects are agility as well. It is the only thing with the... And oh, the zero cost things, synergies seem to be oh, all yeah. agility. I hate Skulk. Like, I literally think that... Ring like, I don't know the exact statistics on it, but maybe it's just because of the decks I play or something, but I think... Turn one ring goblin skulk is more oppressive than turn two ring pit lion. Just I'm down just with that. Yeah, yeah. 
Goblin Skulk is the ultimate uh, ring card, I think, right? Like, yeah. we could call him Goblin of the Ring at this point because. My for... problem with green, like, green that you play, like, seem cool, but then, like, I don't know, like, a lot of cards just seem too gimmicky, right? Like, the whole pilfer strategy, like, you're gonna play some cards that have pilfer. Yeah trying to push a pilfer strategy and it clearly sucks and like the same with like the movement thing like they clearly yeah. want that to be like a, a deck and it's like clearly not there yet and you know you're just still gonna play yeah i think it might just be me reminiscing overall like the really solid cards that were just too good and in every deck and didn't really have any gimmicks at all and like now all it seems that we have left is like the cards that could be so cool in a deck that were more consistent but we're just gonna still splash them and everything else because why not not doing anything spectacular it's playing Goblin Skulk. It doesn't care about Pilferies. It's just, just value. It's raw, simple value. And all the cool cards are bad. That's green to me. Is. It is weird, yeah, now that you mention it. It doesn't, like, except for the Goblins deck, they, they, they tried so many synergistic things, like with the Slay, with the Pilfer, and all that other stuff, but, like, it never really clicked together. But, and yet, like, just the pure value on the cards are good enough to be played. It went from, like, total gimmick trash tier to, like, oh, it's a 5 cost, 4-5 with Drain. I don't care about any synergy. It's good enough now. <laughs> yeah, I know. Like, it's, it's no text doesn't thing. matter. It's just Drain that doesn't die to Lightning Bolt. Oh, wow. <laughs> if it lives this turn, maybe I can play Belligerent Giant next turn. And if not, oh well. <laughs> exactly. I, I think, yeah, I think Pilfer has to be weak, though, right? Like, they have to keep him weak because if Pilfer becomes a strong archetype, It'd probably be pretty insane. Does it though? I'd like to see him I'd like to see him as strong as items at least. Like they'd still have some weaknesses, but like I think item decks are way better and I mean they're not they just like play items on stuff. At least pilfers like I don't know. They're kinda of similar to me, but I wish pilfer were it's I wish it seemed better. I think like the core problem with making pilfer strong, like the design space right wise right now, is that like with items, you can make a control plan and like you can draw out your synergy cards that have synergy and go for the what you were trying to do but with pilfer a lot of like the good pilfer cards are low cost creatures and you can't put all those pilfer cards in your deck and then not play aggressively and wait until you draw your pilfer synergistic cards so like what ends up yeah. is you just have to wait hope you draw your pilfer synergy and hope it works out while you're being aggressive when you have the tempo loss to play something like thieves den or whatever and it just, you dry up. Like, a lot of yeah. decks just... I've had Pilfer opponents that, like, crush me. They get, like, what what's it called? The Pilfer... Master of Arms? Attack twice if you have Pilfer. Oh, yeah, Master, Master of Themes. Master of Themes, I'm sorry. Master oh, of Themes. Guy. Yeah, he is yeah. a pretty sweet card. Yeah, because that's what Pilfer... That would make Pilfer so scary. Because yeah, that card is that, good. They... They... They crush me. They take the board. They play that. They hit me so many times, and I'm almost dead. And then they run out of cards. I remove something like twice, and then I'm suddenly stabilized. And then I and then I don't have anything to be really afraid of anymore. So that's like a really core weakness of pilfer. And then like the game is fighting you too, because pilfer is all about attacking. So like you have to attack. And with items, yeah. you can just sort of at least wait. And then you know, thirty attack master of arms. Here it comes. Exactly. Inconsistency. But Boom's yeah. Life did kill me once with an Elsewhere Lookout that had 56 attack. But, like, it would have gone through 100. <laughs> no. 
No, it would have had 112 and like 256 health, but like it didn't show me, but like it attacked for lethal with a D6 attack. It wow. was huge. That's <laughs> as well. <laughs> that, that is the power, yeah. That's, uh, wow. I don't know, it's kind of the same way I look at goblins. Is those archetypes, if they get too much support, they may just go mm -hmm. too off. I don't have elsewhere lookout. Dang it! <laughs> you, don't, you don't want elsewhere lookout. Trust me. That don't, that's the thing when you see a good strategy happen, and it's like it's actually not a good card to just seem that way. But elsewhere lookout, a three mana one one. Pilfer, <laughs> double. If there's ever a card oh. that gives your creatures charge, maybe. Oh. Oh yeah. If that card comes out, I think we're all screwed. Yeah, we're all screwed. <laughs> if that card becomes popular, I want to see the meta, what it's like. <laughs> What's going on? Did Mage die? <laughs> you know? Uh, Alright. And now we get, see my favorite color, Endurance. Your favorite color? That's it's a lie. <laughs> really? you, you hate Solter. <laughs> because it crushes my favorite deck. <laughs> it, it's just <laughs> such a blah. There's no anti-purple synergies right now. But I love me some purple, because the the things in purple are neat. The silence effects, the big creatures. I, when the rumble's around, I make sure to make a Blood Magic Lord deck, the, the card's cool. Uh, when 92 with Control Swords for Blood Magic Lord, it's still insane. I love, like, I like ramp. I do like ramp effects. Shocker. I do think, before, you know, before here's a Skyrim, Old Man's Gym Class was trying to make Scout work. For the fancy dragon synergies and such. <laughs> we had to use snake tooth for our healing. <laughs> it was dark times. <laughs> it was good. It was. I thought it was good. And you know, now you at least remember the old snake tooth necklace, so you can't complain about that one. Oh my god. Oh, I heard, yeah, that's right. Snake tooth that didn't. So, oh man, the permanent drain effect was great in Scout. You know? <laughs> you slap that bad boy on one of your creatures, and then they have to kill it. They have. It's like, oh, guess I lose. <laughs> <laughs> Either I kill that or I lose. <laughs> so aggressive decks. So Scott was like, tough cookies, bro. But now you actually have to. Now you have to be careful about your drain effects and actually pay attention. But I love. Yeah. I, I love the. I love the. I do love graveyard interaction. I think it's great. Mm -hmm. it's just that this one particular deck does it really well. <laughs> I'm not very happy about it now, but. I like Skeletal Trio. It's not Trio. doing that well anymore. It's not. It's, it's faded out, for sure. Yeah. Um, I like big creatures with a lot of health. Like, I like things that don't die easily. Like, I love like Frost that. Giant? <laughs> hey, my yeah. I'm going to say, my Berserker Warrior, Frost Giant is a damn hero. <laughs> like, 11. Mm. You, you partnered him up with another purple card that I love in this set that I need to trust more. Is Empire Crafter. Such potential in this card. Really? Which, Dude, I was playing, no no lie, that's literally the video I'm going to put up tonight on YouTube. I was playing some East Empire Crafter Frost Giant action. There we go. Really? I, I have a, I lost everyone else. <laughs> I have a whole deck, that, my Berserker Warrior, I got from Dame Nightmare, a viewer. I made some oh, tweaks nice. to it. I made some tweaks to it, but I'll put it on screen for people to see. It uses Frost Giants. It uses a lot of self-damage effects, but it uses the purple big cards and the red big cards. With uh, East Empire Crafter to have these huge creatures with guard, shuts down aggro, and against a uh, and curve is pretty okay against uh, facing off against uh, control decks. So I think you know I think some of these cards, when combo together, are pretty good. And at the end of the day, you know, uh, deck has a lot of healing hands. 
Yeah. <laughs> it does have your <laughs> It does. <laughs> it's I actually made a deck like a long time ago when like I first opened Skyrim packs, like the the bundle where you get premium legendaries. The legend the premium legendary I got was Frost Giant. I was sad and then I went into denial and the first deck I tried was Plead a Kinnereth with Frost Giant so that I would heal all my creatures and get that as heal. This is basically a divine fervor, and divine fervors are hot right now. Hey, you gotta try new things, but like, it's a neutral Grisha High Drag, but like, Grisha High, it gets pretty funny. When you throw East Empire Crafter, Grisha High Drag, Rapid Shot, your Grisha High a couple times, and healing ends it. That sounds really annoying. It's obnoxious, and people, aggro decks hate it. They'll token decks, because East Empire Crafter, she turns most of the cards in the deck into a guard. We even have Frost Trolls. Uh, I do have a confession to make, CBH, that I have to tell you. I did take out Horker from this deck. The original oh, deck list. In this deck. The original structure of the deck had Horker. I said, I'm sorry. I just. I enjoy myself some memes, but there has to be a limit. There's a point where you have to stand and say no. Horker is <laughs> an original hero. Yeah. <laughs> so I had to. I had to. For the sense. For the sake of decency, I had to take the Horkers out. But yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, the ramp, lethal, big creatures, some of the synergies. Not a fan of the purple werewolves, but I really love the color of purple, and I will swing this to Christian. Oh, well, I wanted to touch on, like, Arena. I don't know if you've talked talk about Arena much, but I would say, although I think blue's probably the best and most versatile in constructed, different just because, you know, commons and rares are that much more important, and purple is just like. It, it is up there right now after Heroes of Skyrim. Like, if you're not drafted purple, like, if you really want to go seven, just take the class of purple in it, basically. It just has, like, you know, kind of the nuts. Like, all, like even, it even has, like, some of the fringe kind of effects. Like, I see Curse Spectre on the screen right now. Like, that's a silence, and it's a body, and it's a prophecy, and it's a common. Like, even stuff like that that's not amazing is still just able to be drafted. And you just have every single turn, you have, like, the biggest thing or the most hard to deal with thing. Like Winchick yeah. Spell Sword, Mammoth Haunting Spirit, Cave Bear. Uh, there's some four drops that are good as well. But you know, you can use the other colors for something, I guess. You know, Midnight Sweeps, Preserve over the Roots. Almost every card I mentioned is a common or a rare. And you know, even Swamp Leviathan and Iron Scale Dragon and like the six cost Mammoth, like you just every single turn has like really, really large stuff. And it's all easy to get. East Empire Crafter came out. That's a good card. Yeah. I definitely agree with you that um, purple is the strongest card in uh, strongest color in arena, though. Definitely. I don't play too much arena, so you guys know more than me. It's good to know, though, if I mm. ever want to start playing a little bit more arena. So people hear that, folks. Mm. All right. So we got to the. I guess we talked about neutral briefly. I mean, neutral doesn't really. I don't think neutral has a dominate. It gives. I think neutral cards are meant to be interesting effects or understated cards that can take an effect that you normally wouldn't find, like direct damage. You don't find a spell sword, but you can have crushing blow, which uh, arguably is a little weak for its cost, three, three cost, yeah. three damage, but it's neutral. So I think it can be fill weaker filler cards. And that's I really think, cool. Yeah, I like the position that neutral takes. Like it, it does what Jim just said with like the filler cards. By the way, you didn't give me a turn. No, I'm sorry. Purple, let's go back. <laughs> Time machine, please. When you were talking about Arena, I was hoping you'd keep going, but fine, please. Uh, Tell us about Purple. Adronog, Adronog. Nothing. Like, I was just saying you did give me a turn. If I may say one thing, I, I really like East Empire Crafter as a card, 
like the thing is i don't like how it's inconsistent because there's only three of it in your deck and you have to try it for like your deck synergy to work of course your deck doesn't become trash because they're still like high statted creatures but the inconsistency feels bad so i i i hope maybe like if there's a card with a similar effect or the exact same effect as east empire crafter at like a different cost if then we, if we can have six cards of this effect, then like I think we can make a consistent deck based on East Empire Crafter, and that could be fun to run. It's what do you mean? There's Titus Mead. You forgot all about the, the Emperor. Titus <laughs> Mead. <laughs> I like the, uh, he has some of the best quotes ever, but he's kind of a the peak guy. But hey, man, Titus Mead. Is, he's like it's East Empire Cra- Crafter on steroids. At every oh. every card. At the end of your turn, you are guaranteed a proc with Empire Titus Mead. You are not guaranteed a proc with East Empire Grafter. Aha. Uh-huh. Oh, and I have another th- observation about Purple. Purple, I think, has the most um, beginner um, traps. Like, like, for example, Iron Atronach. Or, for example... Bertitis Mead. <laughs> and for Daedric Dagger. Like, there are a lot of cards that look good when you're starting out the game and you quickly realize that you shouldn't have them in your deck. Yeah, Gravesinger. Yeah. Gravesinger is one of them, Graves- too. Like, I <laughs> really like Night- game stuff. Night Talon Lord seems like it'd be insane, you know? There are so many dead dreams within purple, <laughs> like Falkreath Defiler. And like... <laughs> There's so... It enables such cool things, but it's just, like... Little Girl, and... Oh, so the many, like, praying cards. Like, Lurking Mummy, like, a lot of early players use this, and then they, they realize it just gets executed. <laughs> you know, it's, 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 there's so many, there's some things in purple that you want it to be awesome, but yeah. then you try and you're like, oh. Like when I first started playing, you know what card I thought was insane? Archeon, Ar- Archeon Elite, the 4 mana 3-5 lethal. I was like, what the hell is this? A 4 mana 3-5 lethal? That's insane, yeah. you know? I was like, oh my god! That's oh, god. insane! She has so much health, she kills everything. Oh. And then reality struck, and I was like, oh. Yeah, it's not as good as High Up Defender. <laughs> hey, hey, because High Defender exists, like I'm, I would, I've been close to putting that card in a lot of constructed decks. Oh, I'm like inches yeah, away from it. Yeah, like I would love it controls Spellsword with East Vampire Crafter. Hey, man, <laughs> Archie. That's a good point, CV. Wow. Yeah, you got those lethals in there. Tell you, man. Decks want the other one, and then no other deck wants to play three five. They're just gonna play like Mystic Dragon and Sage and lame cards. Yeah. Yeah. Empire Crafter in Elite, Godly. You just get a 4 6 Guard Lethal. High Defender is a Lethal. He's only a 3 6. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> so, haha, jokes on the High Defender. Aha! <laughs> now we've cracked the code. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, neutral. Yeah, Fun effects. Neutral. Oh, yeah. I, was, I was in the middle of saying like yeah. I like I like what neutral does like it has what gym class said it has like the slightly less efficient cards compared to the color cards for example crushing blow and like Barbus like Barbus I think epitomizes what you like what gym class said about neutral it has three effects either way it's going to be an understated version of whatever is available in the other colors but 
the fact that it has an option to choose between either of them gives some classes that may want even the understated version of something to pick it. Like if some classes want the three three charge as reach and stuff like that. I think Barbus like epitomizes what neutral does in that respect. And another respect is that neutral has a lot of the control cards that you want other classes to have access to so that like it's not just yellow that's a control deck or it's not just purple that's a control deck like it has stuff like Odoving so that other classes still have a chance against Supreme Atromancer it has stuff like Parthenax so that everyone can do infinite soul terror stuff (laughs) (laughs) Nightmother and Alter like it has Alters that any deck can try out the Alter mechanic stuff like that I think Neutral fills in a really good spot in the game Absolutely. Like I said, it just the, the cards are weaker than their color counterparts, but it gives you access to like, you know, this is Dro, Dreg, whatever. Destroys oh, yeah, support, you know, uh, and then Grissel Hydro allows you to draw cards. Some cards, some classes don't have too much draw power. So I think there's a lot of interesting ways. And Christian, your thoughts on Neutral? Oh, yeah, I love Neutral. Um, I wish Waterfish Spawning still cost three. That was one of my favorite cards in the game. I saw the and YouTube video just, where you say that. <laughs> yeah, you see all the YouTube videos where I kill people with really early slaughterfish back when I could? Oh, those are the best. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was, you know, it's a sad thing, but I think I think it did before, you know, sort of epitomize, you know, a card that could be splashed into maybe just a bit too many decks, but, you know, okay. with more answers. Yeah. It wasn't even really played in those token decks. That's the thing. Like, who knows what could have happened? Nowadays, I don't even know if they would. I don't need that's that's a good question. It's so weak to the goblin skull curse package now, which wasn't even played back then. Ah. But uh, yeah, you know, a lot of cool tech cards and just like you know, kind of mediocre things on curve that occasionally fit into different decks. Like now, slaughterfish is way worse than mediocre, but you know, like the yeah. lurking crocodile, mud crab, ankle snapper, enraged mud crab, well, never fits in anywhere, but it's cool. And, and they're even pushing for like some neutral synergy, like with the mechanical ally and stuff, dwarven dynamo. Yeah. Hopefully we see a bit more of that too. Absolutely. It'd be cool to see that actually be a competitive thing. Dwarmer competitive rip mage. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. You know, the day after you uploaded that um your five favorite cards video where you said you wished um slaughterfish spawning was back to three. The day after that, I went on ladder and I lost to a guy who dropped ring slaughterfish spawning on turn three. And I only had an answer for one of them, and the other one grew to like a seven-one, and I lost. So thank you, CV. <laughs> no, no, no! Imagine if it was ring on two, right? <laughs> oh my god! Oh yeah, it was like that was like the openers, man. It was like either turn one crystal tower crafter with ward, and the turn two slaughterfish, or it's like turn uh, one dark rift, turn two slaughterfish. You're like, all right, I got a fish in that lane, a fish in that lane. I'm taking one damage a turn from that thing, and it's gonna summon a storm at you. <laughs> I love how you say a fish like. <laughs> You know what beat Ramp Scout? That beat Ramp Scout. <laughs> oh, yeah. Ramp Scout didn't like... exist because of that. Because <laughs> Waterfish Spotting was in some Sorcerer built, and actually, as someone who loved Action Assassin, it was ridiculous. Slaughterfish. And then you had, like, Sorcerer ran this card, too. That was his thing, because it was just a value mm-hmm. card. <laughs> oh, God. Slaughterfish rip. 
There's like a lot of a lot of like fish and seafood kind of things in neutral. Is that like I'm just looking at like it's a crocodile and a mud crab, another mud cra- a horker, a croc, like why are all the sea life is in because <laughs> like, like, just... droves are aquatic too, actually, aren't they? Because they're like mutant crabs. So neutral is yeah. the color of water, you know? Like, water is clear, neutral is uh, clear. <laughs> See what I did there? <laughs> So if you want to make an ocean themed deck, you have to go neutral, you know? I look uh, no question to CVH the the oldest player here. <laughs> Granddaddy like, CVH. Yes. Uh, Back when like slitter, um slaughterfish spawning was popular, did people not run Murkwater Witch? It seems like Oh it's... they did. Yeah. Was it and not they did draw it and then they complained about it a lot? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's just a, it's a, it's a, one of those cards that sort of compounds everything that sucks about losing when your hand is bad. Yeah, you know, it just feels like Hearthstone a bit too much when your opponent has two plays before you have the first one. Yep. You know, because you know, they go either one of those crazy openings I mentioned, but even like nowadays, you know, Ring Goblin Skulk and Ring Brotherhood Slayer or something like. What are you gonna do if you don't have a play by then? Probably going to lose unless you get a really good prophecy. I know. It's reducing the number of insane curves that can happen before you can get on the board. I think they can get a add up with most of the cards, though. Like, how they know they have the ring, and they know they don't want to become, like, Hearthstone, so there aren't any snowball-y one-drops. Like, even powerful one-drops, like Relentless Raider, they don't snowball on the board. The only one I think really does that is Goblin Skulk, but... Yeah. yeah. At this point, I like that. It's just... Yeah, Goblin Skulk's a one-drop. It's fine. <laughs> might as well be right. All right. So I guess we'll move on to the classes and their identities. So let me pick. Well, first thing is the battle mage. So actually, did this. God, this podcast is going to be long. It is. I'm not sure if we'll be able to do all the classes. Maybe longer than I expect. I didn't realize we'd we'd have so much to talk about in the in the uh, colors, which is great. That's just the depth of the game. Now. What is the identity of Battle Mage? Now, Battle Mage is an interesting thing. Um, it's very interesting to me. It, it it's like very versatile. Um, you see a lot of the item synergies with Battle Mage, Merrick, and then you have all the blue item cards. And you take the you take the the Swiss Army knife, and you put a dagger in it. You know, <laughs> with red and. Yeah. One thing about Battle Mage that's interesting to me is Battle Mage Onslaught particularly was the card that made me think is Battle Mage the one they're pushing for the random synergy kind of deck? And I can see what they're saying. A battle, what is a Battle Mage? The guy who uses uh, magic and you know, you know, power. So strength and intelligence. So Merrick giving random items. Battle Mage giving you further attack, like a good strong red blast, but also ward to mix it up. Then Onslaught, providing potential card advantage, giving you a random item creature into your hand, and have all the blue random cards. So I want to say a versatile aggressive deck. Uh, I guess the Merrick combo deck, while well, that was still a thing, was the best mm-hmm. example of this. That it could protect. It's, it's totally protect. still a thing, by the way. That's it's definitely a thing. Stop you right there. Nope, Everyone sorry. says not a thing anymore. Let it's it go, totally CMH. Let it go. It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> it's, it's that bad. We're all going to be okay. 
I promise not. Hate you guys. (laughs) 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 But yeah, so it's it's a very versatile. Like I think you know because that like combo battle mage was very you know attack and then the prophecy battle mage which could be offensive and yet defensive right because it was a deck that I can smack you all I want but you can't hit me because that's what I want you to do. And then you use self-damage effects found in red, we discussed earlier, to trigger the prophecy typically found in blue or or the other red cards, typically. So it was actually a very interesting with the versatility in Battle Mage's identity. Hard for me to pinpoint, but I guess, typically mm-hmm. versatile aggression, I would say. So I'll toss this one over to CBH. I think it's hard to pinpoint any of them, because we just talked about the colors, but... Like it's you, for like the classes, you basically just make a giant Venn diagram and think about as you know why is Battle Mage typically a little bit more aggressive because you know it has a lot of interesting things from red and blue, but you know one of the things it misses out on that are in you know green, yellow, and purple all have this is ways to gain life. So that sort of forces Battle Mage into not being too control oriented, but pretty much everything else is on the table still. I think that's the only really thing that it's only real thing that it's missing out on is life gain from like the core. You know, ways to operate within the confines. Well, Battle Mage's onslaught. Oh, oh, yeah, of course. And we've all rolled glass <laughs> helm of remedy on Merrick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you could get some. You could get a. You could get an undying dragon from Battle Mage's onslaught, and then you have healing and versatility. You see? <laughs> oh God! I'm sorry. Sorry to cut you off. <laughs> Mage's tome and Merrick at Yogg-Saron. Favorite test. To play. But yeah, yeah, I mean, it's it's going to be hard to like really pinpoint anything for these classes. What I like is that in Hearthstone, you pick a class and it's like, okay, this is my class. These are all the cards I can use, plus neutrals, and here's my hero power. So you're, you're definitely forced into a specific sort of thing. Like it was, it was actually very cool. The rare occasion there was like a good aggressive and defensive deck within the same class at the same time. Like yeah. I think they might be getting better at that now, but back when I was playing, it was like, Warrior is slow. Hunter is fast. Warlock is awesome because there's a handlock and a zoolock. But in this game, yeah. it's like be the the most strict because it's not really ever a control class. But all the other ones, like there's a lot of different ways to take them, which I like. Absolutely. Yeah, I think this the protect and pro- I'm trying to the meme. It protect. It attack. Um, but most of all, it can come back. <laughs> it can't come back. Actually, no healing. Yeah. But, Atronach, your thoughts on the identity of the Battle Mage? Battle Mage? Mm-hmm. Um, I think, like, what you said was a really good analogy. Like, it has the Swiss Army Knife in blue, and it has another, like, a dagger or a sword or, or a fist in red. And um, when I queue up against Battle Mage, it makes me the most... Um, uncomfortable in a way just because it has all the charges and it has all the direct damages it's it's not like token decks like token decks are strong and yes technically i should be more afraid of them but i know what i need to do to win or stabilize i just need to clear the board and i'm safe but with battle mage it's always that like no matter what i do if his next next top deck or his next next top deck is some kind of charge or whatever he draw card or into charge that he needs, I can just lose. And that's what's really frustrating to play against Battle Mage with. 
but yeah, not having healing is definitely a weakness. And CVH said something interesting about like how the classes, like classes in general, not just Battle Mage, um, how in this game he he likes it. How um, the classes, you look at a class and it just it's not just strictly defined into one archetype. Like one color can still have like there's Agro Scout that I met mm-hmm. on like Legend number like rank thirty or something. <laughs> it's it's fun that way and not just like in archetypes i like how like you can make a few card differences like there's prophecy battle mage but everybody has runs a slightly different variant of prophecy battle mage or aggro battle mage like they change a few cards depending on how they feel the current meta is because like the, for high level players the meta changes like every every few hours like or like every day so <clears throat> i love how like in Hearth, like you're not restricted to using a certain set of like, 30 in Hearthstone or like 50 in this game. Like you, there are a small number of core cards and a higher number of tech cards that people can choose depending on like what they feel is right at the moment. And I think that shines a lot in Battle Mage more so than other classes sometimes. Yeah, absolutely. And I think you you touched on a great point. All the, we talked about how blue has direct damage and red has direct damage. So you took the two in your sm- smack your face decks and colors and playing really well. And I think that that's, I think that's well said. So moving on to our next class. If I go to the duo colors, looks like Crusader is next. And Crusader is interesting. I'm kind of glad that we can touch on this one on the county. Crusader. <laughs> It, it it got an identity I, like this expansion in my opinion. Uh, it seems Crusader's identity is going on a crusade in a smacking face. Like you get something like Crusader's Assault and then Ufuk House Carol, both uh, cards that relate around what doing damage to your opponents and drawing cards. Crusader's Assault, the three mana card, gives plus two attack, breakthrough, slay. And Pilfer draw a card this turn, giving you a bit of doesn't push damage to your opponents and draw cards, you know. And then oof recalls Carl when enemy rune is destroyed, draw a card. Uh I found this very interesting because the two card class cards before were cards that had both had breakthrough and both had kind of guard. Uh depending on your health rift thing, two mana two two. If you have less health than your opponent, it's a guard with two, it's a two, two mana two four guard, which is amazing. Uh, if you have more health than your opponent, the two mana four two two breakthrough. So both in then tier was four mana five four prophecy breakthrough guard. Um, it's looking like these, like it's very interesting to see that like Crusader has, you know, it's not just geared towards aggro though because Riftlane tier and Crusader assault were great in control Crusader. Yep. Crusader's mm-hmm. Assault is for Rage. Yeah, Rage. The dream combo of the Crusader's Assault, Unstoppable Rage, and of course, the uh, wonderful yellow card. Oh, Ravenous Hunger? Ravenous Hunger. The 12 yeah. mana GG, I just won the game combo. Even, though, <laughs> even if I don't OTK you, you're just so far behind now. So, I think I like this this kind of Crusader's draw power, you know, draw power, hurt, and do damage kind of style. Like, 
Midrange Crusader and Token Crusader have become a little more popular. And, you know, the playing control deck, it is kind of interesting because it is kind of annoying because the gods can have gas, like, two Ulfricks out on the house card, uh, to help is one of the most frightening things as a control deck to deal with. As yep. <laughs> every room they break, they draw two cards. Breaking two rooms, they drew four cards. So much for the, uh, running Dranium out plan. But now I'll toss it to Atronach, and your thoughts on the Crusader class? Uh, it's definitely the ag ag aggressive deck that doesn't run out of steam like, with Elfric's Housecarl, and just not just Elfric's Housecarl, but just all the draws that it has access to in, <clears throat> in just red and yellow together. Like if it just picks out the good draw cards, to, and it's really scary to like try to stabilize against as a control deck, but. At the same time, I feel like uh, Crusader, like the Crusader deck I run is like Alter Crusader with Night Mother and controlling. <laughs> I've had yeah, a lot of fun with it. Slowest decks in the game too, not just the fast ones. Yeah, it does have one of the slowest decks because back when we were talking about red, I forgot to mention something like red. Yeah, it's an aggressive class, but what's really weird is that the few control cards that it does have aren't just your average control cards they're they're like the slowest of the control cards like unstoppable rage in a control deck means this deck is going looking back farther than like scout it's not a value oriented slow deck it's the if i draw all my deck i win kind of deck if, if like if you're running unstoppable rage mm -hmm. and and crusader also has access to yellow which is like mirac and manticora so, like, yeah, I, I run the the Control Crusader deck, and really, it can handle Scout, it can handle most Control decks that it runs up against, just because of how well it cycles and draws its Control cards and plays those combos and Control value plays at, like, better timings. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I've always found... Do you like me some Control Crusader? I don't run the altar variant. I run the more big, big red creatures. You know, there's another thing with red uh, things like Vigilant Giant, Vigilant Giant, the big red creatures, Rage, with the big yellow creatures, and I have a lot of fun with the deck. Uh, I think it has great power. And now let me stop rambling and throw it to CVH to kind of explain his thoughts on the Crusader class. I don't know. I think you guys pretty much summed it up as uh, really good aggressive decks don't run out of steam. And also a lot of control decks, sort of like the, the Venn diagram thing. A lot of the most aggressive cards in red, a lot of the slowest cards in yellow. That means both aggro and control decks are kind of okay. That's all I got. Alright, sounds good to me. <laughs> Alright, <laughs> so we'll move on to the next uh, class. Third person uh, syndrome. Last person yeah. to talk about the class. That's why I try to like try to like rotate it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, yeah. I'm always first. I'm always first. All right. All right. So no, no I don't have tear. Am I a monster? Whoa! You let him die. A little bit. Disgusting. <laughs> Perma band unfollowed on. <laughs> Just unfriended all around. Holy guys, let you die. But Archer. Alright, the identity of Archer. Archer has always been kind of flexible to me. It's the sneaky, it has the cool sneaky ping effects. Things like, you know, Elena, Banak, Leaf Lurker, and the Curse. 
and the what's her name? Sharpshooter Scout. I've always Archer's liked Gambit. Archer's no, there's a Sharpshooter Scout too. But Archer's Gambit. Yeah. Yep. Has the quick ping and and punish your opponent for the pings. They haven't released too many wounded synergies besides currently Leafler and that Green Guard. That's not Green Pack Stalker no one really uses. Oh, there's Reaper. There's Full Salt Full Salt Reaper. That also exists. Well not nested whatever. Found the card, don't play the card. But it's uh <laughs> I love Archer's kind of like you know, mid-range archer has always been kind of a flexible deck. And there's also cool variants, like it can adapt really well. You know, you actually feel like that hunter with you can I remember Link had the slower archer that used before Rage was even out, he was using Child of Hercene and Vigilant Giants in his deck. Because it was just nice to the nice slow ladder. Kind of, not slow ladder, slow cards. But they yeah. were they, big. If you notice, Red has a lot of big creatures, right? Big, scary. They don't tie too easily. I think that that's kind of cool. Another strength quality. I think Archer you know, has decent greens, like versatility with like the movement and the strong red creatures. You can build more towards the green or you with the Goblin fast deck. Archer feels, and even the slower rage decks with this typical mid range, well, Archer is very flexible. I feel like strength and agility equals flexibility, and not toss it to CVH. Yeah, I definitely think it's one of the most flexible classes. Mid range Archer was the first deck that I ever played, and there's a lot of different ways to take it, like really subtle differences that can make it more aggressive or defensive. Uh, I would say like maybe with Battle Mage, it's the one class. Well, I guess that would be two classes that don't really have a true control deck, but I think even that's sort of being fixed because we got Archer's Gambit. So now with like the Rages and the Gambits, maybe you could call that more closer to a control deck than an aggro deck for sure. But uh, yep, definitely one of the most flexible classes, maybe the most flexible classes. Yeah. Absolutely. But all right, Atronach. Yeah. I think, like, I agree that it's one of the most flexible classes, and I think. The reason behind it is how solid green is. Like, it's. I feel like it's the opposite of like blue. When I said blue, can't be like the solid core of a deck by itself. I feel like yellow and green are like the really solid core card colors. Like green, like the flexible archer decks. You you like switch out which side of red you use. The controlly red or like the aggressive red. Like the core is just. Green like Cliff Racer will be good in aggro and in mid range, and Leaf Lurker will be good in those cases. Murkwater Shaman will be good. There are so many like good, just core cards that you can curve out, like Nimble Ally and stuff like that in green. Brotherhood Slayer even. I think that's what makes the flexibility possible. Okay, so you said green and yellow were the solid cards. You told me Monk is secretly the best class. No, <laughs> no. You you need you need a solid core, and you need like the gimmicky tools. Like that's why Mage is strong. And... Well, why not two solid cores, Kappa? No. Like <laughs> 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 we touched on Archer. Sorry, folks, we're going through these a little fast. It is well, we're trying to uh, not go on too long here. We're over the natural time, but there's a lot of discussion on the classes and colors. Perhaps we make these two separate podcasts actually. Alright, but going forward, uh, next class we touch is interesting, Warrior. So Warrior is an interesting class. When I look at the cards, well, one is a kind of a tribal card with the orcs. 
Then something like Sower, 5 mana, 5 5 guard. It takes the overstated power of, you know, endurance. And it truly does. I feel like this card, I, as much as I hate this card, thematically it doesn't really fit the whole endurance of, of overstated cards with red strength of just smack its last guess doing 5 damage. So I'd say, then you have Gro Grotwa, Grotwagrom, summoning things. I think Warriors and Shingadeli is typically an aggressive deck. Um, the advent of Rage made the Ramp Warrior more popular, as it's a little combo deck as you ramp, 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 and then from the hand blast your opponents. Um, <laughs> I think Warrior has kind of a distinct identity with being more of either a full-on aggressive, an okay mid-rangey deck, as well as an okay combo-ish ramp deck. But also, the disruption effects are in Warrior. Um, you think cards like that 6-drop Wrath of Sithis, and then you have Witherhand Cultists, and there are more cards that disrupt your opponent. Uh, well, there's, then there's a Silence Effects, Underwood Vigilance, you're moving Cover. Warrior really messes with your, what your opponent can do. It really, it has that power, like, it seems like as the game goes by, they'll potentially add more cards in these colors that affect both your tempo, you know, sending cards back to your hand, silence effects. Uh, best support removal isn't Warrior, right? It has all of them. <laughs> Access to all of them. Mm -hmm. As well as just kind of just, just disrupt, these interesting disruption effects. Um, which I found very interesting, and I hope that they continue kind of building on Disruption Warrior. But now I will toss. Who did I toss it to last time? Just to, to balance out the third person syndrome. Uh, you, you, you tossed it to me last time. Alright, Etronach. Going down, set hike, tossing the ball over. Oh, oh, this is one of the difficult classes. <laughs> oh, this order, is. I, I would have liked to go first with Mage. <laughs> Note to self, make Atra go third with Mage. <laughs> okay, so like warrior. I mean, I think it's trying to do a lot of things. Like like CVH talks about the Venn diagrams, and I'm going to use that here because I think it's a really good idea to talk about it like that. Like red is mostly aggressive, but it has like this super slow rage package, and purple is it like it tries to have. The curvy tempo cards. I mean, and I guess it does with like mammoth and windkeep spellsword. But like most of the time, like it tries to be slow. So <clears throat> what results is like we have like the really, really, really slow rage control, like the lethal warrior. But most of the times, most of the times you see warrior, it's just almost mono red warrior or like orc warrior, just. Like almost mono red, meaning it's only taking advantage of Sower of Revenge from purple, and everything else is red. Uh, or like it just uses a few orcs from purple, and everything else is red. Like that's what mostly happens. It just becomes. It just be like if warrior, if red and purple ever meet, purple just kind of becomes the supporting color to red. Yeah. Good support, yep. friends. Always nice. All right, and CVH, your thoughts. Yeah, that's a good way of putting it. Uh, sort of like the best race-based uh, synergy we have so far with orcs. So, I mean, it's like the one thing that we didn't really talk about yet between you guys, but yeah. And they're trying to do that again with werewolves, which I think is nice. Would be nice to see more of that. I mean, we've seen a little bit of goblins recently, but 
Uh, orcs is pretty much like, you know, we don't really see orc ducks outside of that. So it's like a class that comes together and creates like a viable sort of archetype of deck by itself. So I like it. Absolutely. Yeah, tribal synergies are pretty legit. Yeah. And the orcs being the most famous tribal synergy, but yeah, for sure. But I think that... That is pretty funny, though. How, like, the tribal synergy for orcs is between red and purple, but the tribal synergy for werewolves is also between red and purple. Are they, like, pushing red and purple as, like, the tribal synergy partner class? But when you think of an orc, you think of strength and endurance. This guy, you know, doesn't tire, he's strong. I think werewolf yeah. the same thing, right? They're not casting... Ma- I mean, you can make a werewolf use magic, but you don't really think... When I think of werewolf, I don't think of a wizard's hat casting spells. That'd be kind of funny. No, I don't yeah, think... Yeah. Thing. Yeah. I think of a guy turning into a wolf, but I could have the wrong idea there. I think of werewolves. Yeah, yeah. About, That's about all I think about. <laughs> exactly. The guy turning into a wolf. I know you haven't played Skyrim. That's basically what they do. They turn into wolves and then they eat people. Yeah. Yeah. Big, hulking, scary guys, strength and endurance. All right. (laughs) Biggest fits. All right. So we're going to move on to our next class. As we're coming to our epic close here. Ooh, my baby. Mage. Let's talk about Mage, baby. All right. So Mage is the... Arguably the best class of the game, <laughs> you know. <laughs> I mean, it has. I mean, scout exists, it's sure, but scout punishes it. But mage, it's such a versatility. It's. I mean, a token mage is pretty solid. Midrange mage lost some power with the Atro Master nerfs, but for a while that was a great deck. And control mage, since I started this game, and apparently even before people have mentioned, it's always been pretty powerful. Um, with the removal, has good healing. You know, you really take the Swiss Army Knife of Blue, and then you take all the best parts of Yellow with things like, you know, hard removal, direct damage, direct removal, um, steel effects, our popularized arrest. Yep, taking credit, did it. But <laughs> then you have Maroc, Manticora for removal. And then you have, you know, you can take the Yellow Token Synergy, you know, almost a mono yellow. Crusader and Spell Sword, but Mage really things like Daggerfall that gives an item, a ward creature, a ward crafter, a lightning bolt, direct damage, can get something out of your way. All great cards. And I think Mage is just this really, really, you know, intelligent, <laughs> intelligence and willpower really able to go the grindy way. So now I will toss it over to CVH. Your thoughts. Yep, Mage again, seen more flexibility recently since, well, I guess the, it's hard to say like the token decks are really anything, because that's basically just yellow at that point with like a blue splash, but the power of the direct damage of blue with lightning bolts basically is how good that card is, if you could splash like any one card, but yeah, Mage overall, great, great control color, probably one of the first control decks I ever saw and, and played and sort of fell in love with. Uh, yeah, it's, you know, it has its weaknesses, not having soul tear and everything, but yeah, I would say this is one of the more defensive overall classes, unless we're counting the token decks, which we probably shouldn't because they're basically just mono-yellow at that point, but yeah. Love mages as a control color. Class, excuse me. Control class. Yeah, absolutely. I think as a class, it's best control, and the spell synergies are always a bit interesting. Iron, and then uh, Akano, which is in blue, is great too, to kind of give a little oomph to your spells. And all the fun, unique thing with Desperate Conjuring, uh, 
Brilliant Experiment, things like this, Dark Rebirth. Cool effects that it has access to. Combo with yellow. You know, Dark Rebirthing on Manticore is a very, very time of building experimenting and copying it to your hand. Or copying Maroc. You know, it really gives those crazy powerful yellow ending cards. A little something something. When you, you know, I used to run Brilliant Experiment Mage quite a bit and let me tell you, Maroc was one of the greatest cards to copy because now your opponent knows you have it. <laughs> so that's that mind game of like, you don't want to play your big creature, but you're going to need to play it if you want to win. But I'm rambling again, so Atronach, please. Yeah, I think Mage is one of the colors where, like, before when I said the, the core yellow cards meets with the really good splash cards of blue. Like, in Token Mage, it takes the it takes Daggerfall Mage and Lightning Bolt, and in Control, in, like, Midrange Mage, <clears throat> it, keep, it, it takes a bit more from blue, like the... like, Supreme Atromancer it used to, and, like, in Control Mage, you take, like, you bring in Ice Storm and a couple more things, but just like that, I think that's how Mage works. Like you have like the yellow core, and depending on how much you tech in, you change your game plan, and that's part of what makes it so flexible. I think that's how why Control Mage is so long lasting because as a control deck, you can decide how much you want to be aggressive or controlly, like. Like, right now, Scouts can't afford to be super greedy, so Control Mage now has a chance against Scout if it's teching in, like, your Arrest variant and stuff like that. I think, yeah, that, it's stuff like that. The flexibility and, like, the core strength in Manticora and Lightning Bolt and stuff like that is, is what makes Control Mage really viable all the time. All right, awesome, cool. So let's move on to our next class. Let me try to speed through these just a little bit. Assassin. Assassin is weird to me. Um, Assassin, I've always thought, didn't really have a solid identity. I guess it's just about value cards. You know, you think Assassin's are chosen tree and give it on the lethal ward. So give more value mm -hmm. to your card. Queen gives everything guard as drain. Sadrus. So, I mean, I mean, when you look at Assassin, it's just, I think, mid-range Assassin's what, what was that. Before the nerfs was pretty legit. Still pretty legit. If they can find something to replace Atromancer's spot. But I felt all around, you know, Action Assassin for various nerfs finally put it to rest. It was probably one of my favorite decks. It was very fast and effective. And, and then Midrange Assassin and Alter is an interesting variant where you take advantage of the value cards, really. So I think Assassin, although it doesn't have a, uh, maybe this value town, let's say. <laughs> but, Atronach, your thoughts on the Assassin class? I just think it's the most, like, personally, I have the least experience with Assassin out of all the classes. Like, I've played the mid-range Assassin deck that was kind of around before Superman Tremancer got nerfed. But, like, even then, like, I just felt like it's the most gimmicky. Like, if it gets the ring skulk and then, like, the draw discounts and then curves tempos out, like, a blue curve deck with the oppressive green cards mixed in, then, yeah, it's, like really strong but overall i feel like it's pretty gimmicky it's not like consistently underpowered like monk or warrior but like it's somewhere in there like it keeps going back and forth i don't really know what to feel about this yeah it's one of my favorites but you know i agree it's it's kind of boring at times just like play good stuff like the good cards in blue and green are kind of well known at this point yeah and there's not a lot of wiggle room assassin doesn't really have like a dedicated 
uh, control deck. Altair is just kind of weird. Goblins are kind of its only aggro strategy. It's like basically mono green, but eh. it's just sort of middle of the road. Play good stuff on curve and hope it's good enough. And it is a lot of the time. There's a lot of good stuff to play on curve. Exactly. Just like my whole thoughts on it. It's a pretty boring class, but I like it for some reason. I don't know. <laughs> I'm right. playing good stuff. It's because so... you like blue. <laughs> it is. It really I guess, is. <laughs> I guess Assassin needs some more. Some, something to give it identity. Yeah, it's identity crisis. It's just, right now it's just value down, which, not the worst thing, identity, but not particularly interesting. Alright, moving on to Silver Surfer. Now, this class has been arguably one of my favorites. When I first started out, uh, I went to action, I went from token spell sword because it was super cheap, to action assassin was pretty cheap, then mid range sorcerer in its prime was probably the deck I, uh, my first expensive deck, I guess you could say, where I crafted some legendary, more legendaries out, and some value cards, and so it's sure it has negate, this negation is an interesting effect, taking the silence from a purple and actually just combining it with the damage, direct damage from blue, uh, the ward effects seem to be big in the sorcerer, which is one of the strongest, so many openers sorcerer can do, I've always thought, Going mid, you know, one keep spell sword into haunting ghost, turn two, turn three, or turn one, turn two is a pretty solid start. You know, with mammoth, it's just sorcerer's identity seems to be geared around board based aggression. Um, I tried ramp sorcerer, but currently, for what I'm seeing with the you know, it's class cards, when it does, it really feels like it can be this, uh, like. Control the board state with this vet, which is strong with ward effects. You have the blue pings, you have like the purple heavy things. Even after the Atrium Master nerf, cards like Bone Colossus exist that find a great home in Sorcerer. And I yeah. guess, yep, and I'll pass this off to Atronach. Your thoughts? I think I want to give this to CVH because he likes blue. I King Emmerich is so good, but yeah, it's like control on the board, it's like really good stats, really good removal, just like, it's the tempo class, basically, like tempo mid-range, uh, and you know, I'm thinking about it, it might be one like the most sort of forced, because it doesn't really have like an aggro deck, and it doesn't really have a control deck, and like the tools are there, but it's just like, they're not as good as just playing like Ram Scout or Control Mage, basically. Like, depending on what you're trying to go with, it's just sort of some weird hybrid of the two. But, like, when it comes to just playing good stuff and like having a good amount of removal and just powerful stuff on, on like every turn, like, it's a very simple strategy. I'm a simple man. I enjoyed playing Druid and Hearthstone too. And <laughs> I don't know what's wrong with me, but the day, combo Druid, Savage Druid, yeah. all that stuff. But, you know, it's just. Just playing good creatures every single turn. It's very, it's a very fun thing to do. Just yeah. curve out, you know. It's a relaxing. Take a headphones. I know in. how much you love King Emmerich. <laughs> oh, Emmerich is just. Think of how good it is. So good. If you could play three of them in like every deck, like Emmerich would be so. That would be a complaint about card. He's one of the strong. Six mana, five five ward is pretty solid itself. Then deal yeah. two damage for each friendly creature with a ward with the class. I, I would three Emmerichs in like every single deck. 
Like not, I'm not like they're discriminating classes. Just like give me three Emmerichs. It's sheer point dragon with plus one, plus one, and ward, and it can go face, and that's at worst. <laughs> like just Ooh. insane. So good. I think the most I've ever gone face with Emmerich was what, like eight or ten damage. Holy shit! Yeah, you have enough. Yeah, only like eight or ten. <laughs> six mana, six mana, double lightning bolts, and put a five five body. Sounds good to me. <laughs> Here's how good Emmerich is. I made a premium version of Emmerich, and that premium is the worst. Like, there's no animation on that thing, and I don't even care. <laughs> <laughs> I just love the card. It's just so good. No, that's just because you're rich, CVH. Like, I don't have. I have four thousand dust. I don't have enough goblins to make a goblin deck. <laughs> have you tried? Have you tried Twitch drops? <laughs> oh God! Stop! No. <laughs> Have you tried podcast? <laughs> I should check out those podcasts. Yeah, ah, they're on twenty four seven. They provide such a great. Okay, I'm done. <laughs> I should not. Hey, hey! I, literally, I woke up yesterday and logged into the game, and I was like, "Whoa, eighteen hundred gold! Wow!" <laughs> I, I didn't. I don't even AFK in streams. I just. I don't know. Like, counts my hosts or something. You guys, you guys need to try this. This new, this new Twitch drop thing, it's real. <laughs> it's amazing. Oh. I mean, I had some sad. Yeah, I'll tell you, it's way better than actually doing shit. It's way better than that. Absolutely. <laughs> I get to sit down and watch streams, you know, and just collect drops. I got a, I got a legendary pack today. I got another... Oh, that's so lucky. Other card I don't want. <laughs> when you own all the cards, legendary pack, it's, it's uh, you know, shock. It's like, oh, legendary. It's like, I have it. It's going to be something I don't need. And it was a unique legendary, so I'm just going to dust it. <laughs> but, uh, hey, Rich class hero over here. A <laughs> money making hero. Right? But, uh, Whenever the rumble <laughs> rolls around, I really need the nine win legendaries. But the rumble always happens when I'm busy. Like for the last two months, that's how it's been. So it feels really bad. <laughs> <laughs> I, had a, I usually miss a day of the rumble because something comes up and it's like, yeah, well, damn, sucks to be me. <laughs> but alright, next class is monk. Monk S. Now, Monk's interesting because it has the Pilfer kind of style with Master of Thieves. And it has Anasi uh -huh. kind of. Yes. Cat Lady Anasi stealing cards. Well, stealing keywords. And then it has a lot of drain, right? Monk Strike breaking the main. Heal Monk is kind of a thing I tried to uh, make work. Drain Monk and control the Drain Monk. But then with the. Drain effects from green and yellow, and the healing effects of yellow and green has that like survivability. And also, green's draw power. That's actually really nice. But again, it's hard. Again, these classes don't have like definite, um, you know, kind of styles. But Monk, I think, you know, when you look at the main and Monk Strike, definitely has a, you know, taking advantage of the healing and shifting effects, as well as like the, uh, you know, kind of the. The guard there. By the way, I do think Monk Strike's underplayed. Yeah, it's a good card. I think yeah. it's insanely good, actually. I mean, a four cost, move your card, give it plus three, and drain is. I got a bit of control mode that uses Monk Strike, because I think this effect is pretty good. <laughs> yeah, move That's really card. good with 10 Mars Swift Claw. I'm not. <laughs> that sounds like a troll, but. Like, yeah, double attacking drain with like plus attack out of nowhere. Yeah, yeah. Ten more swift claws problem was not doing enough damage. <laughs> ten <laughs> more. Four. Well, it's, it's not strong um, enough if it survives one turn. 
if you uh if you didn't know, Ten Miles Swift Claw is a four mana two two pilfer plus one plus one may attack an extra time. So monk strike, swift strike, ten Mars swift claw with east oh, end oh, and a master of art. Double All two. right, guys. Do I need the monk strike? No, but these are the master arms. No, no, but like, no. I was kidding. Like, I love monk strike, except I don't use it for the train. I use it as three damage and a shadow shift put together. Like, like CVH, have you ever, have you ever like played against my move it monk deck? Uh, I probably played against someone worse trying it, but no, not yours. I don't think. Like, I, I, I've had a really fun time running it, and I use Monk Strike as, like, the finishing damage. But another fun tech card, like, while we're on the concept of Monk, I want to ask is, I've been having really good success running Penitus Oculatus Agent. <laughs> like, interesting. I cut Drain from, like, control enemies. Like, I, sometimes I keep it to cut, tra- like, steal Drain off of Undying Dragon, because I don't have removal as Monk, and I want to be aggressive as with the movement monk. And sometimes I steal guard and versus aggressive decks, other aggressive decks, they normally run more the uh, more called gatekeeper. And you if you if I steal the guard off of more called gatekeeper, normally I get a favorable trade while I go face. And you I can, can also steal, steal charges. What? Sick. You can even steal your own charges. Yeah, I can even steal my own charges or the opponent's charges for like random burst when I need it. So it's been doing a. It's been having a really nice niche spot in monk for me, and like move it monk in general. Like I, I got to like legend, eighty I think last season just using move it monk. It, it was a fun time. So yeah, we pretty much touched on monk. I mean, I think it's a powerful control class with some like weird aggressive decks that are like usually worse than the other ones, but could be good in the future. Yeah. But uh, I will. I don't know if I mentioned this in green, but I love sheer point dragon. Like, not because it's really good, but, like, I think it was kind of an important card for them to make because, you know, I was kind of bitching about Daggerfall Mage for a long time that it was just a little bit pushed and what's ever going to make this card just feel a little bit less oppressive every time it's played. And, you know, no one wanted to play Malefic Wreath and having two curses was kind of a tall order. And Shearpoint Dragon does a good job of making that card not feel so insane if they play it after turn three. So I am a fan of Shearpoint. I think it does some cool things for the game. Nice point. Really nice point. Yeah. That's a super point indeed. I like it. All right, <clears throat> let's move on to our next class. <laughs> We're almost there, guys. We're almost there. <laughs> almost there. Spell sword. I mean, I feel like CVH is like kind of pressed for time right now. It's just me. Like, that's I, why I'm trying. That's why I'm trying to kind of rush. <laughs> I know. No, I'm not I, pressed. It's like eleven thirty. I have nothing to do. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I know you were trying to record a video. I'm like, ah oh, man, he's gonna be like up super late. Good. He's in like unmod me from his channel, like darn you, chimp class. Handsome enough. Ah, jeez. All right, so let's see. Uh, let's see. Have oh, can I go first for this one? <laughs> nope. We're gonna make damn sure we say everything we can, and then you're gonna be like, I don't know, dude. I have nothing to say. But alright. Never mind. No, I'm gonna go last because I'm gonna have something to say no matter what CVH says. <laughs> Ooh, CVH, you're gonna be super thorough with this particular class now, but um, the token okay, class. So... Oh yeah. So uh, I mean, I'm just gonna say it's the token okay, class sure. that doesn't do that gets out token by the other token classes. I mean, it's crazy because you have General Tilius and Spellsword Summoning, and Edict was supposed to be the faster jab, right? Mm-hmm. While it's just... No, I think it gets out-token because it has no direct 
damage outside of crushing blow. The other is with red, you especially with Crusader, you have the further boosting of the damage cards with uh, Orphan Shaman. Now I have a theory as to why the first token decks were all in opposed to anything else. Because people were really bad. <laughs> like there, did you know that like the most net deck token spell sword lists all played three Black Marsh Wardens? Like Whoa. there's no logical reason that would happen. Oh, why? Well, why is that like, card so awful? Can a card get buffed? <laughs> like. <laughs> It's I mean, it was a three of ramp scout too. People were like, "Oh my god, this card makes tokens. We should play it in tokens." If it was card four of three three, I would still think it was bad. Ooh, four mana three three is a game changer. I'd play it. Maybe I'd try it out. No, you, you not know, in like an aggressive token deck. deck. Yeah, not in by but, turn seven. That's what I want is a card that doesn't get good until turn seven. Oh, <laughs> it, I haven't killed you by turn seven. Let me throw the black <laughs> marsh warden out. <laughs> Say hello to my 3-3. Infinite value card, go! I haven't lost yet. Yeah. I turned 7, it's a 4 out of 5-5. But then there's like General Tullius, and General Tullius is okay, but it's just like a little bit weak to removal, and then they made Spell Sword Summoning, which I want it to be better than it is, but it's like, oh, let's go. Card's you know, awful. <laughs> obligatory <laughs> random card for every class. Alright. Yeah. Alright. <laughs> Hey, there's not enough RNG in spell swords. Can we toss them in? Okay, Blizzard. <laughs> <laughs> they called the Blizzard guy. What do you think we should do? Oh, more random effects. People love that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just so weird. General Tilly is, is a sweet card. And he's pretty cool. I killed him in Skyrim a few times, but he's a cool guy. But he's very easy to remove. I mean, and he summons. It's weird he summons the guard tokens. Like, token spell swords. You took the slow class and the token class, right? And like, because purple's a slow class, so it's just very weird the options yeah. you have. You People always play. ask why I'm playing Golden Stain over Tellius, and it's because I don't want to play the six cost card that gets wiped out by Ice Storm if my entire deck gets wiped out by Ice Storm. So I'm just going to play the four fours, you know, not lose to Ice Storm. And that awkward moment where <laughs> you just execute your Tellius is always a feel bad moment if you don't kill anything. Oh. There's negation one shots it no matter how big it is. <laughs> <laughs> negation says bye bye, Tullius. So maybe some buff to Tullius to make better than the. So it's almost like Token Spellsword wants to be a slower token deck, which sounds like a really bad idea. Oh, but the Control Spellsword is probably the least fun deck to play against ever. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, okay, so me and Atronach, Atronach, we're really oh champion Control Spellsword. Right now. Dude, I feel like we got hated. We got some hatred because we really champion the Control Spellsword variants. And when the mid range meta was around, Control Spellsword was lit. Being because mid range, uh, mid range Spellsword could be fun too, though, for real. Mid range Spellsword. Interesting. I've seen some builds. No, it's not great, but it's not that bad. <laughs> you no, know, I know I had a build not too long ago that was mid range. Yeah, but... he went to like top five with it, I think. And I was playing it a bit too, and you know, it's just it can surprise you. It's never like amazing, but you know, just playing good stuff on curve. I think Lateralis was grinding with it last month at the end. Purple is just good. Good stuff. It it really feels like an extra strong arena. That you have two Maracs, by the way. Why do you have two Maracs? Oh, I have the premium Maroc. Let me show you the sickest premium. Woo! Glowing hand. Woo! And then I have... Oh, is the sky moving a little bit? Okay, sky is glowing, actually. <laughs> the normal nice. rock. <laughs> Best premium art. Take that, Gwent. Kappa. Uh <laughs> 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 oh, dear. 
<laughs> the animators alone. <laughs> Sorry. They have a family. <laughs> Savage class hero has entered the building. <laughs> All right. Sorry, I had to Dude, wait, wait, hold on. Hold on. What if the animators for these games cards are just like the Gwent animators, and they're just like on Fiverr trying to get a little extra cash for the weekend? They're just like, okay, I'll. Touch <laughs> <laughs> oh God, no! <laughs> they're just like, they're just, it's just a side gig, you know? It's like Mogalon. Y'all want some aura effects? I've got some aura effects. <laughs> glowing heads, glowing auras, things, shit that glows that shouldn't glow. <laughs> Like, what, what, is, oh god, and there's some cards in here, like, I'll tell you, though, it's like, why is that glowing? <laughs> but I will say, hey, Hero of Skyrim, they must have gone to those guys with parries. Because look at yeah. Thalmor Jessica, there's snow now, but he also has, like, the, the Super Saiyan aura, like, he's Goku. <laughs> so it's kind of cool that one, Oh, wow, Thalmor. <laughs> oh, like, why is he glowing? Why? I, don't, I, don't, I don't know a lot about the lore, but I will say what I found through these premium cards and these premium cards alone is it's snowing in a lot of places in this Elder Scrolls universe. Like, there's just a shitload of snow. Like, everywhere is... Yeah, Skyrim's supposed to be an icy Skyrim place, is snowy. Skyrim yeah. is up north. Yeah, that's why. Right. Oh. Supposed to be a mountainy yeah. cold place, so that does, in fact... Look at this potion glowing, too. Look at this. You know this, it will fill you up with vitality because it's glowing. And then you'll glow too. That's why they're glowing because they all drink the liquid of vitality. And now they feel like all these cards are just like based in Chernobyl. Everything looks radioactive. I don't want to touch it. <laughs> but, oh, Priest of the Eight has coins flying out of his hands. <laughs> money, 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 money. Alright, but... CVH doesn't get why it's called Priest of the Eight, also. Like, have you ever wondered why it's eight? <laughs> why the eight? Oh, wait, no, because of the gods, right? There's like eight of them or something? Yeah. Oh, you know. Got him. Yeah. People have yelled at you. You're also dirty Thalmor because you you're not counting Talos. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's what Daggerfall Mage says, too, right? By the yeah. eight, they will meet their makers. <laughs> She is salty and wants you to know about the eight. But we got sidetracked hard wrecking the artist. <laughs> we mean well. They do a great... Hey, here's the Skyrim. Great job. They took the feedback of the glowing effects, I think, I like to say. No, but they made all the Dwarven cards good. Like, look at Dwarven Spider Prince. Yo, yeah, somebody... Yeah, it's, you're right. Somebody really, really likes... It's like they art. compensate bad cards with good effects. Look at look, Raging Horker and Lurking Crocodile. I mean... <laughs> yeah. Why is let me, see, let me put a premium side on? Yeah, like <laughs> even Richmond Shaman's kind of nice. Like <laughs> it's always interesting. Flesh sculpture is actually like doing magic. It's kind of weird. Like somebody really likes neutral cards <laughs> on that team. Somebody loves neutral and wants it to be an artist. Yeah, they they fixed this. They made the slaughterfish spawning premium better, and they fixed its not spawning premium copies. And they gave it an entry animation, like right when they nerfed it. Like they just like, oh. three amazing things. Like <laughs> before then, it was yeah, it was sad. <laughs> yeah, and it just became an artwork discussion. But like, it's kind of crazy to think about. Neutral gets a lot of love. Like, is I think it's easier to animate because if you look, well, actually think about it. Hold on, I just saw this card. F Ferocious drug, th vanilla three five. Why was this was a corset? Why does this have a nice rain effect and lightning? Like they put effort into this one. I wonder if they expected this. Oh, four mana, three, oh, five. Wow. Everyone will play this card. <laughs> Did not notice that. <laughs> Why is that so well done? 
It's such a pet. Alright. Let's continue about the identities. He's sidetracked. Okay. But spell sorry. Token nigga's on token. I said my You still didn't give CVH his turn. You're still on your. CVH, go. No, I talked about. I talked about spell sword. Yeah. Atronach, save us. Atronach. Spell. Okay, let's see. Spell sword is, simply put, the best class. It has everything. It has value in purple. It has everything. Are you trying to sell me something, dude? It has Hive Defender. There's absolutely nothing that it's missing. It, it's the, All right, okay, okay. It doesn't have good draw. It, you can draw by Enchanted hitting plate, in Kappa. the face. You just have to get hit in the face, CVH. That's just all you've <laughs> done. So, <laughs> good point. No. no, but like seriously, in all seriousness, like um, I personally think like even without draw, control spell sword is really viable. Just because like aggressive decks, most decks are more aggressive than control spell sword. They don't have a choice but to hit face. Like if both of you don't draw, and both if both of you don't play cards and both of them don't hit face, like in a control mirror, spell sword has higher value cards in the end, like versus control mage. What competes with it is control scout, like the ramp scout. But like if the ramp scout is like a is like teched heavily against aggro, then it loses to scout it loses to spell sword because it lacks value. And um, Spellsword also has more support removal, so it can more consistently stop the Hist Groves. And Scouts also don't run that much draw nowadays, like, except Greed Scout. Like, they even cut, like, Thieves Guild Recruit I've seen a lot. And it turns out pretty evenly. So I don't think, like, it, like the not no draw being a problem is still that relevant, in the current meta at least. But Otherwise, it, it is definitely a weakness, though. I'm not going to say it's not a weakness. I'm just saying, like, in the current meta, it's slightly less relevant, like, from my experiences of playing the deck. And um, about token spell sword, my opinion was that, like, um, like, out of the three token decks, the main token decks, like, token mage, token crusader, and token spell sword, token spell sword. Token spell sword gets, um,. Oh yeah, token monk. Token spell sword gets better two drops. Windkeep spell sword and and it also gets the young mammoth. In return, it doesn't get draw or any burst. And Crusader has draw and Mage has burst. So it's just a case of seeing how like sometimes that those <coughs> draws and bursts are better than a slightly stronger turn two. So yeah, I, I mean, Wardcrafter is pretty much when keep spell sword anyway. Yeah, yeah, you're right. We keep Wardcrafter is there. So I think yeah, I guess you're right. The only card that's better in um spell token spell sword is Young Mammoth. Then. Yeah, I mean, like I remember Link saying that he was playing Mage on the ladder because like the token Mage deck had Wardcrafter, which beats other token decks because they play Bruma. And I guess you know someone could then ask the question, well, why not spell sword? Because you have Wiki spell sword, and it's like, well. That sounds awful. <laughs> so the cards are just the rest of the cards aren't lightning bolts, so Warcraft is so much better except versus curse. Like that's Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, hey, but hey, you're the worst. Your windkeep can't ward your pit line. <laughs> There's that. It's true. Yeah. <laughs> or your Dawnstar healer. Ah. Yeah. So it's it's <laughs> just really good. And and like warding Dawnstar Healer is more important now that Dawnstar Healer got nerfed. Oh yeah, it did kinda. Yeah, yeah he can be killed. He's mortal. <laughs> Alright, so I think that brings us to the final class, the class that everyone loves. 
and the oh. doors. I hear everyone, I just see threads after thread after thread of people praising how well done the class is and how much they enjoy playing it and playing against it. I have people come in my chat saying, yo, this is my favorite class. I think it's a lot of fun. Newer players really enjoy the interactivity and the hard decision-making mechanics and scouts. <laughs> I hate this class. All right, so there is Scout. I think Scout's identity is pretty simple. Rap life, baby, right? Throwing his mage, being the embodiment, being a <coughs> embodiment of this this guard ramp. You know, I have to disagree. I have to say the identity of Scout is salt and toxicity. <laughs> salt, and, <laughs> salt and tears, <laughs> making your opponent just feel bad. You know, he gets you down to one HP and then guard, 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 blast away. But uh, you guys yeah. remember what Scott used to look like? I'm about to link you guys this in the Discord. I don't know if you want to show it on screen or anything. Oh, uh, I can uh, pull it up on screen. Justin Larson was like one of the first people to like really make Scout, and like people were doing Archer. Like I mentioned, the first Archer lists I saw back then, and I was you know I was a dirty net decker when I just got into the game. But like you know, the Archer lists were different in that a lot of them were really bad, and the spell sword lists were really bad. But the, the Scout lists, like. Yeah, they played a couple questionable cards. We see some Black Marsh Wardens for virtually no good reason, but that was, like, the thing to play in every <laughs> single Interrance deck. But besides that, like, a lot of the cards are just, like, they've always been that good. Like, Hiss Mages, Thieves Guilds, Windkeep Spell Swords, Blood Magic Lord. That was a staple until recently. Oh, okay. Thorn Hist Mage. I think, like, Thorn Hist Mage is really what makes the class. Oh, it's, yeah. It's like, the, it's like Hiking Emmerich for Scout, in my opinion. Go, it can go in anything, even like the aggressive decks. I agree. Play three colors because then we'd be able to play Thornhist Mage and Hiking Emmerich. <laughs> oh god, make it stop. <laughs> Not like this. Not like this. But oh my god, Thornhist Mage is, this, it is a very powerful card. Like, In fact, there's always the dream draw of turn three ramp, turn four ramp with this mage until this like, your opponent concedes. Um, ring turn two ramp, ring turn three ramp. Gotcha. <laughs> right. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm, a, I'm still a noob, unfortunately. <laughs> Clearly, I don't know what I'm doing here with these um, <clears throat> attacks here. But uh, all yeah. we need now is innervate, and we can truly have the most upsetting deck in history. Oh yes. <clears throat> anyway, what was that? The uh, zero mana, two two mana card. Yeah. Well, it used to give you plus two magicka for the turn. I'm talking about like turn one, ring of magicka, double innervate out a hist mage. Oh god. One thorn hist mage. That yep. sounds and extremely fun. Draw Eve's guild recruit. You draw all your all the cards you lost by playing innervate. Because you're yeah. gonna give it to green, right? Yeah, CVH. <laughs> I mean, sure, what gospel green or purple? Gotta play it in Scout. It's a class <laughs> card now. Oh, it's a class card. <laughs> it's a class card now. It's, it's kind Let's of just. Oh, it. you can draw it with goblin skulks. Ooh. Yeah. Oh. Oh, you oh, oh that's disgusting. <laughs> that is disgusting. Oh god. Turn with goblin skulk. It's once you got wrap. Oh my god. Ugh. Right. Then, then we could definitely say Scout was too good. Like <laughs> <laughs> Triggered to the maximum. Not like this. Oh, God. But I think like one of the reasons Scout got so much toxicity and why it lasted so long was because it's a fairly expensive deck. Like, I think this is really weird, but like I wrote an entire article on it on about on like meta inertia and how once people get used to a deck that has flexibility, like once they become proficient at it, they 
they like you know like you you can like, even against unfavorable matchups you know how to play the deck to maximize your win rate and you're not as good at the other decks so what happens is if you have like a lot of p people that are like a hundred games into scout and then a bunch of people that are like oh, i'm gonna counter scout and they play aggro for like the first time it's actually pretty likely that they'll lose to scout i think like stuff like that happened to create like illusions in like lower tiers that scout is uncounterable and like it really is strong versus even lower tier when like you don't have optimized decks to punish scout so i think that's part of why scout got so much toxicity even though like a lot of the high legend players kept saying that it's not as oppressive as you think for lower players i, I see how it could have been plus like how it's expensive and like you, you get into the game and like you ask someone that's already in the game, oh, I want to make a deck with all the dust I have, but I don't want to play an aggro deck. What's the control deck that I can play? And like the safest bet that people will tell the new players to make is, oh, make a Nogleave and Red Brahmin and Hist Groves and you're good to go. And they make Scout and they don't have dust left and that's the only deck they can play. Like there's a lot of reasons, I think. <laughs> okay, that's yeah. interesting look. <clears throat> All right. Kind of true. All right. Yeah. <clears throat> so I guess we got. Did we, did we get our final thoughts on Scout? CVH. Yes, CVH. Great. <laughs> That's right. Great. Yeah. Or not as me. good as Emmerich, but pretty good. <clears throat> yeah, not as good as Emmerich, unfortunately. But you know, we can't all just be the best card in the game. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Excellent. Excellent. All right. That is the classes. <clears throat> so I guess I will make a. At this point in time, I'll allow the chat, at the end of this, we're doing some questions, allowing, even though we run a little bit later than normal, I'm going to allow the chat to thought your questions, and while the questions are being thought up in tights, I will throw out some announcements. So the ESL tournament that has been partnered with Bethesda now has a stream and a caster, namely myself. I will Woo! be actually, <laughs> yeah, so I will be casting that tournament tomorrow. That begins at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, very excited about this. I've been talking with the ESL guys to try to provide some kind of... Because last, you know, if it's the partner tournament with uh, <clears throat> yeah, Bethesda, we need to have some exposure and people need to see this. And so I decided to take it upon, <clears throat> upon myself to uh, provide that to the community. So hopefully this goes out well. Uh, we are going to be looking for feedback after the tournament as well. I know there's issues with the format and deck submissions. So afterwards, if you have any further details after the tournament, or even today or now, please message me on Discord or Twitter as I get notified when I get <clears throat> messages with those, and I will continue to uh, take that to heart. And earlier in the previous podcast, we announced a website, Nerd with Leastful. That is being delayed <clears throat> for release with our Twitter articles. Namely, cause turns out the web hosting was terribly priced, <laughs> so we're going with someone else. <clears throat> Just to give you an update on that. And one final thing is the question of the week. Um, <clears throat> I'm gonna go ahead and say, uh, please do. Question of the week is: If you could, since we're talking about the class and the color, if you could take a class and splash seven cards of any color. What would be the best class? And that's the question of the week. Um, <clears throat> now to answer some of your questions, Honey T Nine Honey T Ninety asks, 
Gym class hero, how did you get so handsome? I woke up like this. <laughs> <laughs> so one day, just... Uh... One day, you got some Anastasia, went into the surgery room, and you woke up. <laughs> I just woke up like this. <laughs> and Ray Ray Barker, how important is working in a team for tournaments just like just mentioned? How important is working in a team for tournaments like I just mentioned? Like working with the people, I think it takes a village. I guess you could say that that's for raising a child. But um, I'd say uh, it takes, you know, to really get this community to work. You know, we all have to play various, there's tons of people with their various skills and, you know, abilities, different backgrounds. And to truly build something, you know, worthwhile, we need to uh, work together on this, you know, kind of reach out. I saw they didn't have a, I, I know all about streaming and actually, you know, the Tesla's Championship Series group had helped me improve the Monday tournament uh, kind of stream service. So I was able to kind of improve my quality of that tournament as well as general streaming. So we just learned skills and tried to do the best we can here, right? <clears throat> Alright, and now Soldier Run. Sorry, Soldier okay, Run. Can I like the team thing really quick? Just to... Oh. to... Talk about like the, the playtesting with a team. Like right. I haven't done what I would consider playtesting for a tournament in like well over a year, even though I've played in a couple for Legends. But like when I played Hearthstone, it was sort of a thing. Uh, I was in a couple different teams and we playtest because I was playing. Like it was a couple months I played like literally a tournament a night, so I'd, I'd like test a bit for those. Uh, but it's important to know because some some of my ironically my best results happened when I was like. Testing with just one other person or theory crafting, and some of my worst results are when I got in, like a team mindset. Because, like, to put it bluntly, like, just think about who you're being in a team with. Can these people actually help you? Because if you're only gonna, if you're gonna like actually buckle down and spend hours a night testing for like a week of grinding, like, make sure you're not just information just so they can test the way you tell them to test with the decks you tell them are good, and then you're playing as the same shit over and over, and you're not really getting anywhere. Like, I, I literally blame. Uh, and it's not the one's fault of my own, but like I went four three at DreamHack. Uh, I had like one really sick deck, and my lineup in general, it was just it was bad because like I spent the time like not really diving in deep. I tested with people who weren't familiar. Um, my one other friend who was playing an open cup a night with me couldn't afford to go to DreamHack, but my friends who didn't really play Hearthstone could. Uh, so like I spent basically the whole week leading up to it, essentially filling them in on the meta, and you know I was technically testing way more than I've had ever done for like a tournament in Hearthstone, but it was just useless. So yeah, it's important to like actually find a way to test productively because I'd rather just you know think through all the the different outcomes by myself and you know make spreadsheets and shit than you know actually not then test but not test right just because you're putting in a lot of time doesn't mean it's actually beneficial sometimes it's actually the exact opposite and you're just going in circles. Yeah, making it's bad important. habits is really bad. It's hard. Yeah. To on it. Making bad habits is bad. News at eight. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Especially when building, like in multi deck formats, building a lineup is like one of the most important things. Like it's more important than, like, a, you know, if you play a game, you're like, oh, this play was bad. Like, you know, you can figure that out just by thinking things through a lot of the time. But, you know, actually bringing the correct tools to the event is something that should not be taken lightly. Because like anything with a meta, you don't want to, like, like, because when you're playing something with a meta and you're human, and you're not actually going to calculate every single possibility down to the dot, like how probable it is. A lot of it depends on like your own feeling. Like 
you expect something like you you feel that prophecy lightning bolt is somewhat likely even though you don't know the exact percentages like these feelings develop through practice and like the play testing but if you're practicing in like the wrong setting a setting that's different from the tournament that you're going to play in you might create these skewed perceptions and like bad habits and stuff Superb points, definitely. Yeah. Uh, and then on asks for CBH, which deck do you think has the highest win rate in the current meta? Uh, wow, just for me? God, I'm like probably the wrong person. I think you've played probably more more ladder than I have recently, Jim Class. I mean, probably... Think Soldier permaban. Like, if I had to just guess, like, over every single rank, I'd probably say Ram Scout because... This is going to be like some really shitty reasoning, but I'm going to say it anyway. Like, probably the people who can afford to build good Ram Scout decks, like with that many Soul Gems, have been playing a little bit longer. It's also a slightly easier deck to play at a decent level than like Control Mage or I don't know item decks or like all kinds of different stuff. And it kind of does the same thing every game. But yeah, I mean, just based on the fact that most complete novices can't build anything close to it, but. And, and even when you finally get to that level, you can, it's probably Ram Scout overall. It's just like a good deck. Like it's it's not bad. <laughs> it's really, not bad. So it's just a good. I I, have, I guess that if we look at the the win rates of every single rank, Ram Scout probably wins. I would say uh, Control Spellster. <laughs> <laughs> All right, but I only only Lesser the only person play. playing it. Only two people <laughs> play the deck currently, and both of us have positive win rates, automatically making <laughs> Spellster. Highest win rate across ladder. Yes. GG yeah. has been confirmed. <laughs> I'd say Ram Scout is pretty easy. Is it? I mean, you know, it's easier to pilot than some of the other decks. Ram Scout is easy to make on a budget. Like it's not. It's hard to make the exact Ram Scout list, but it's really easy to make a budget list where you just put in ramp and you like put in like the Chorus Reapers as like some late game AOE. Uh, okay, just, yeah, I guess. Basically I guess. <laughs> but uh, I think yeah, I think Ram Scout. I think a lot of people don't know how to play against Ram Scout. That sounds weird. I think a lot of people are like, yeah, Ram Scout's nothing. Yeah, and then. It's an act, and then not quite sure what happened. Yeah, but I'd I don't say, know how to play against Ram Scout. Let me know. <laughs> you play the you you outread them with mage. My no, you just <laughs> pray they don't draw Parthenax before you. Well, it's simple. Uh, turn three ramp, turn four ramp. You hit escape concede, and you just go into the next game. You know, and that's the Ram Scout now. But all right, but all right. Looks like uh, let's see questions. Looks like that is the end of them. Honey, do no, you want to know how Beach gets so handsome? Well, Honey, do oh, uh, oh, he has two questions. How does Beach get so handsome? And lastly, how did Atronach Atronach get so handsome? Well, I asked Jim Class how to be handsome, and he taught me. Jim Class School of Handsome for the small price of nineteen ninety nine a month. <laughs> you too can be handsome. Atronach. Wow, that is extremely expensive. Extremely. <laughs> 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 Handsome, this is worth it, Kappa. Alright, so... Can I use my Twitch Prime something? <laughs> yes, you can. Alright. Uh, Alright, so I think... Atronach, the question, how did you get so handsome as well? Trade secret. Trade secret. Well, now reveal it. Ooh, sorry, folks. Alright, that is going to wrap episode 17 of the Elder Scrolls Legends podcast. 
please, guys, if I can ask you a favor, we're here, still here. Uh, I'll be posting the link on iTunes and various sites. Actually, let me grab uh, those links for you all. Because uh, one big thing is, as we try to grow the podcast, and potentially, honestly, find sponsors to kind of do more kind of events from the cast. We, uh, like, we just need kind of those reviews. So if you could take two minutes out of your day to... I'm going to post all the links. Wow, that is a garbled mess. Oh, that is a lot. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> no spacing, but there's different links. YouTube link for my YouTube. Of course, Twitch is where you are now. But the iTunes, Stitcher, or Google Play, whatever you use, if you could... Give us a rating and a review. That'd really help us. And a uh, review. <laughs> great time. But again, I'd like to thank my cast members, Atronach, Atronach, and CVH for coming out here today. Taking Christian Van Hoos. Taking, <laughs> taking two hours out of your day to ramble with me. I really appreciate that. And I would like to thank the 600 viewers that are still kicking with us. Listen to us ramble about card games like it's a job or something, so I truly appreciate you. And all the followers and subs I received today, I'd like to thank you for the continued support. And this has been episode 17 of the Underscore Legends Podcast. Like always, I'm your host, Jim Class Hero. Thank you.